0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Mannequin Chill is back and we are following what the people want. Appreciate everybody that enjoyed our first round pick or player series that we released over the last couple of weeks. Now we are going to pivot and Shane, everybody wants to hear about startup strategy, not rookie Jeff strategy. That's going to happen more coming down the pike here soon. But startup strategy, it's startup season. In the Discord, there's just constant questions about startups, how to navigate them, how to trade. Are we still trading up? Are we trading back again? How are we valuing rookie picks? So that's what we're here to talk about with this version of Mannequin Chill. We are going to go through four rounds of startup strategy, and we are essentially going to draft six teams each because we're going to be drafting from each spot. We're going to talk about trade up, trade down, value of pick strategy, all of that will be intertwined in this exercise. And just for everybody that is following along out there, we are using 12 teams, start 10 super flex, 1.75 tight end premium. Everything else is just sleeper standard. So set it up, start one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end, a super flex, and two flexes, four minus one for passing scoring and 1.75 tight end premium. So Shane, are you excited? to talk through some startup strategy. I know you've done a couple startups already, at least one. Uh, what is your vibe on uh, what it feels like out there in the startup streets right now?
1: It seems to be a lot of folks are still going quarterback heavy in the first round of the draft, despite... Last year's depressed performances at the quarterback position, and frankly, the year before that. What I've also noticed is that rookie picks seem to be going off the board really early, really early. So it's funny because a few years ago, you know, we've been playing this game long enough. A few years ago, felt like people didn't understand the value of rookie picks, but it feels that at the startup time right now, people really do understand the value of having those, and more importantly, the flexibility of having them in January.
0: So do you think that is a product of the anticipation of this class though? Because we just went through the exercise of round one, you know, pick one through 12 and you and I have been very adamant about value of those top four to six picks. It's extremely high. So is that what you're referring to? Or are you referring to just the general flexibility of picks in general going to the late first, early second? Just people are understanding better the value of... Because I don't disagree with it. The value of having rookie pick 203 is probably a better asset to hold from now until the summer, until you have to make the pick... Versus a random running back, right? Versus one single player that could be impacted by the draft, free agency, both, an injury. All that stuff can change with a player, with rookie pick, even if it's a mid-second. It's still a mid second, and it doesn't have to be converted into something that's defined until later. So, which one are you referring to? Are you referring to the high picks, or are you referring to like all picks where people really understand the value of the flexibility?
1: No, I think it's more the one hundred one through the one hundred five, one hundred six, because we've seen have a tier right now, and that tier feels it's like it's stronger. Well, it is stronger than what it was last year. It's definitely stronger than what it was last year when we had Bijan at the top. Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. A lot of people weren't in on CJ Stroud, even though he's now, you know, QB2 or QB3 on KTC. So it's definitely that the class is stronger, at least perceived to be, that I probably has a lot to do with it. But I, I like to also think. That maybe it is because of the flexibility that's involved. At least I hope that's what it is. At least from my perspective, that's what it is. I just like having the flexibility of going, okay, in my startup draft, I might build this way where I leave the wide receivers a little light and I take one monster quarterback but I have two early picks that I can play with. I can decide to go QB wide receiver or wide receiver or wide receiver. I can play with how I'm going to build my roster.
0: Yeah, I definitely think that is a product of people already being able to project the top half of the rookie class. So they can easily say, OK, I don't have a QB two, but I have the one oh three, knowing that that is potentially or almost guaranteed to be a quarterback if you want it to be a quarterback could also be a receiver. So I do think there's some correlation with, all right, I'm not going to take this receiver here. Maybe I'll pass on this QB, but I'll just take the 102 rookie pick, knowing it's probably a quarterback, but it could be a receiver. It could be a trade for a receiver. So I do think people are leaving holes on their teams in startups and putting rookie picks in there saying, well, hey, even if I have a couple late firsts those are probably going to be receivers based on this class and what we know thus far. So I can leave a couple of receivers out potentially if I have the 110 and the 111. Doesn't mean I want to make a pick necessarily, but I'm kind of already penciling in that that is going to be generally a receiver pick if I choose to make it. So I do think that's what's driving some of the choices of taking the picks. But I also think people have a much better understanding now of, it used to be even a couple of years ago, how can I take the 112 over Deontay Johnson? Because because I've seen Deontay Johnson play. Now, smarter managers are going. Deontay Johnson's a good player, but they, like he is what he is. Even if I end up making the pick at 112 and it's a receiver that I wouldn't prefer to Deontay Johnson, that's on me. But I had four months to not make that pick. I could have traded it for something else before I had to make it. So it's kind of a push pull, but definitely the value and the flexibility is on the side of the pick. So we're going to draft picks in this startup exercise and we are going to draft for all 12 teams. So even though I'll make a pick and Shane will make a pick, Uh, We'll talk through each one. Some will give more narrative than others, probably in the ranges where there's a tough choice or a tier break or something like that. And then some picks will just go through and be like, yeah, that's an obvious pick. I probably wouldn't trade out of that spot. I'd probably just pick this player and I'm more than comfortable with it. Shane, you're going to have to track your team's Loosely doesn't have to be perfect, but we'll have a reminder and I'll track it as we're going along where each spot drafts. So we kind of have a general idea of like what the 12 teams look like. So we'll go ahead. I'll let you start. You drew the one hundred and one. Now, because this could go hours and hours and hours, if we literally tried to explore trade for every single pick, let's keep it to just kind of general trade strategy. If you do the draw the 101, like what would you be looking to do? What type of deal would you be looking to do? And we'll just keep it at that. You're on the clock at the 101. Uh, what are you thinking if you get the 101? Assuming you picked it, or maybe you randomly drew it, no context here.
1: What would you do? Generally, I'm going to be looking to draft one of the top three or four quarterbacks. That might be different than what the consensus is right now. The consensus is Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, CJ Stroud, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, all the way down at a tier five, somehow QB six below Joe Barrow. I don't know what's going on with KTC lately, but anyway, I'm going to look to do, it's probably Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, CJ Stroud, I think is in that, is in that mix. If I'm trading, I'm looking to not trade back too far or probably really far, which probably sounds, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Contradictive. I want to be able to still, if I'm trading back, I'd like to still be able to draft one of those quarterbacks in the range. But if I can't pull that off, I wouldn't mind trying to build another way and trading back to the end of the first round, beginning of the second round and looking at either rookie picks or wide receivers and start building that way. In this case, for this team, for this this example, I'm just going to go consensus. We're just going to go Josh Allen. We'll make it easy.
0: All right. So Josh Allen is the 101. I did want to ask real quick, you're sitting on the 101. Clearly you can say, hey, 101's on the block. Does anyone want to trade up? But let's just say that really hasn't worked. What offers before you make the pick, you have three hours to make the pick. What offers are you sending? Give the people an example of an offer you are sending. What does it look like? What startup picks? What future picks? What are you trying to get that you think has a realistic shot of being accepted. You're looking at everybody else. Nobody has a team. Nobody has any players or anything. What what are you sending somebody startup pick and future pick-wise that you'd be willing to move off of this? What does that package needs to look like where you can say, I'm building another way?
1: Let's say we're going that, that opposite build, right? We're just going to build their wide receiver, not quarterback. That's the tack that I'm going with. Probably try to see if anyone in that 110, 111, 112 range, maybe 109 to trade up, give me that pick and give me their second, I'll give them a fifth. I'd be willing to throw in another pick, like another swap. Maybe even let them move up earlier in the draft, later in the draft, though, if you get my drift. Sort of like I'll give up a ninth round draft pick and they give me back an 11th. Something like that to give them a little win. That way I can go wide receiver, wide receiver, and still have another pick to draft a quarterback if I want to. It won't be an elite quarterback. It won't be in the elite range, but it should be in that tier two range at least.
0: So let's say they tell you they're not willing to give up their first and second, but they're willing to give you their 112 and a future first, and that's it. And you don't know what's at the 112. You may be going, I'm getting Jefferson Chase or Lamb and they're all gone. So are you Are you willing to do that? Are you willing just to do a two for one where you trade back 11 spots and the quarterbacks you're probably looking at there are the 101, the 102, you know, Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray. Are you willing to do that in a first for basically Josh Allen or the person's choice of their top tier QB? Would you just accept yeah. that understanding you can build differently?
1: I'm probably going to ask for a little more. If you put my feet to the fire, it's not the worst trade. It's not something that uh, I'm dying to take, but it's not necessarily something that I would easily turn down. Just for a discussion point, I mean, I think this pretty much covers everything from 101 to 103, like as far as trades, like the the same thought process.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean, if I have 102 and you take Josh Allen, I'm probably taking Patrick Mm -hmm. Mahomes and I'm looking at the exact same premise as you. If I'm willing to trade back, if you can get the deal that Shane initially said, if you can find—I and I hate to say a sucker, but somebody that we would call a, a fish—that's willing to give you their one eleven startup pick and their two oh two startup pick for just your one pick. If you can find someone that's willing to give you like a three for one, a four for two, where you just you clean up on startup picks. What we always say not to do, right? Do not trade. Up into the first, giving up your second, your third, and your fourth, unless you're getting back what? A seventh, a ninth. A, a, mm-hmm. You need to get picks back. So if you can find somebody, and this applies to every pick, basically, if I can find somebody that goes, oh, hey, I really need Pat Mahomes, I will give you my second and my first. Done. I don't even care what slots they are 112 and 201, I'll take both picks for this Pat Mahomes. If you're willing to give me your 108 and your 305 or your 308, I'd still probably do that because the 308 is worth at least a first, if not more. And it's basically what you were saying by taking the 112 in a first, right? It's actually more value than that. So generally, if you're giving up one and getting back two, three, you're just taking those deals regardless of who you're trading back. Even in a start 10, I'm generally willing with a brand new team where I haven't built anything yet. I'm willing to take on the the multiple assets if we're talking like i'm still getting a first round pick back a first round startup pick back and i'm still getting other viable pieces that are worth at least a first plus so just a, a thought because people always ask is this enough and it's like it really i can't tell you if it's enough or not because some of the picks are going to be a mystery right but the pure value of getting back a first round pick startup a future first and a sixth round pick startup like I, you just accept that don't even care what players are on the board you just take it i will take patrick mahomes same principles apply, I assume, for the 103, if you're sitting on that. But I'm curious, because 103 is a, uh interesting spot. Who are you taking at 103?
1: Uh, this is uh, some pressure from the market. And I actually did this in a startup that I am in now that's still ongoing. i go with CJ Stroud. Mm-hmm. He's the QB3 in KTC, I think, Q- QB3. It feels about right for him. There is concern that we're basing all this off just a rookie season. But it is an incredible rookie season. There has to be something given to him for having probably the greatest rookie season at the quarterback position ever. So I'll go C.J. Stroud.
0: Okay, so at this three spot, is this one where you are willing to trade back three spots and still get Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, whoever you think your QB six is, knowing you're guaranteed to get your QB six at least, if not your QB five or QB four? Are you willing to trade back three spots? And again, just like I asked you before, what is the proposal price you would ask for? You're probably not getting a future first, but what would you ask for where it's like, that's enough value to let somebody else come up and pick their QB versus me getting stuck with the QB at the end of the tier?
1: Honestly, if I could get a two round pick swap between say the fifth and the third, eighth and the sixth even, I, I think I'd be willing to do that. I can't get a future first rookie pick wise i'm not going to be looking to do like seconds or anything like that i think that cj stroud holds enough value at this position that i don't need to accept that so but i would be willing to accept something as minor as like a two-round draft swap a little later in the draft but not too deep into the draft where none of the players matter
0: well and think about it this way if you make it terms of the players that you're picking so cj stroud let's say cj stroud versus lamar jackson in a league that already exists Someone comes to you and says, I have Lamar Jackson. You have CJ Stroud. You say you need to add to your Lamar to get my CJ Stroud. What does that person have to add?
1: Here's the problem when it's a player, right? The fungibility of the asset that you're getting back is lower. Then it's a straight up swap. It's this this production for that production. That's why we generally lean towards making these trades with picks. But I don't know if a second's enough to move the needle for me. It should be, right? It should be. There are leagues that I'm in where I'll pay a second just to get the guy that I prefer. I don't know if I should just be moving off a that- player like some for the second.
0: You just hit on the point. You're willing to pay it for somebody that you prefer. But when you phrase it that way, you could also argue going the other way if really... To a T, if all the things you can say about C.J. Stroud that differs from Lamar Jackson is the market value, isn't the trade that you're talking about right now literally testing the market value in your league? Right, right. So it's really just fake value if you hold it on your team and you say, oh, I have a more valuable QB. If you're truly thinking about, okay, the difference between Lamar Jackson and C.J. Stroud is a second someone offers you their 25 second so they can pick the guy they want from how you're going to build your team. It's not much of a difference, right? You're still getting one of the QBs you want and you're getting a free second. So it's okay to make a deal like that, but don't ask us necessarily, should I make a deal like that? Because it comes down to your opinion. Do you want CJ Shroud more than that extra second? And if the answer is yes, you just want him, then don't take the trade and don't offer the trade on the other end. You know, Don't trade back if that's who you want to take. So that's how talking, through these tiers of QBs works. I would tell you, Shane, a lot of times in startups, the person at the 103, even if they can say at the 106, they're going to get Lamar Jackson, guess what? They don't trade back that cheap. It's principle. I'm giving you too good of a deal right off the rip to give you what you want. I need more.
1: And for what it's worth, if you're in the, the 103 side and you're truly agnostic, you should just take whatever value you get added to the 103.
0: Yeah. You don't really want to pick at the 103 if you're agnostic, right? You'd rather scoop up extra value and move back to wherever your tier break is. Right.
1: right. So I uh, actually, in this startup draft, I sent, Hey, 103 on the block. I'm not looking for a lot. You know what I mean? Just send me, send me a decent offer. I didn't get any offers at all that That fell in that range. I didn't make any deals.
0: Yeah. And sometimes, you know, when you play your hand like that and you make it seem like, hey, I don't really want to pick here, sometimes you don't get the offers because people realize like, I don't have to make you the offer. You know what I mean? 104. I think the same principle applies. You know, I don't want to pick at the 104 if I can pick at the 105 or 106. So I'm just going to pick Jalen Hurts. I don't feel great about it. This is not one of the spots. If we were doing a derby that I would want to pick in, I would clearly go, if I'm stuck at the 104, give me the 106, 107. I don't care, especially if it's a third round reversal. We didn't mention this is third round reversal, but if it is, it gives you even more value coming back in the third round. So I'll take Jalen Hurts, but the same principles apply. If the 106 or 107 is willing to trade up two spots and give you a second, I think this is an even better spot to take it. Because you're an Eagles fan. I think the luster on Jalen Hurts is he's still good. He has reached his peak from a market demand how much everybody has to have him. I think that that was last year. Now it's like he just needs to perform and sustain. He's kind of where Lamar Jackson was like a year or two ago, where now it's like he just needs to continue to stay healthy and perform. And if so, he'll stay in this range. But I don't think he's, I got to have him now because he's the best QB in the league. I think that's past. So he is a tough pick at 104. I'd rather pick at 105, 106, 107. So you're up at 105. It's gone four straight QBs. Where are you going?
1: Hmm. So this is where I don't think you're, you're out of your mind to start looking at, do I want to go Justin Jefferson? Do I want to go CD Lamb? Do I want to go 101? Now it's a little early for me, so I'm not going to do that. But I don't think you're out of your mind if you start thinking like, because just looking at the quarterback range, this is where guys are very similar. I mean, that one through four range feels r- really similar, like the top tier to me. Here's where we start getting a little, I don't want to say sketchy, definitely not sketchy. Well, now you know what. There's one more guy I think that belongs in the true top range. One more guy. I, I don't know how I missed him. Lamar Jackson. Yeah, literally just talked about.
0: Him. So I assume you are taking Lamar Jackson here if you're forced to pick over taking, the receivers over the. Taking Lamar picks. Jackson, right? Yeah. When you start looking at the war in a league like this, uh, the quarterback scoring, even if at this range they still score a lot of sheer points, you're starting to get into the range where you're risking picking a guy that falls more in the replaceable range than. The difference making range. So you're really just kind of drafting to keep up with the Joneses just to have like a really valuable quarterback asset, but you're not guaranteeing yourself probably more of a contribution to winning versus if you hit on a Chase Jefferson Lamb and they hit top five or better, they're giving you probably more impact relative to the rest of the league's receivers than the quarterbacks are here in this format. So uh, this is tough for me because, you know, I am generally leaning towards going quarterback, but I also think it's unpredictable how a lot of these teams are going to play out as we get into three or four rounds. You know, any source you use for ADP, it's very interesting to see like where the quarterbacks come off the board. And when you look at those war graphs, Shane, and you realize that in round three, I can probably get Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray late round two, Justin Fields, Brock Purdy. And then you look at the war for those guys compared to Burrow, Herbert, and you're going, is it really two rounds difference? Basically, what I'm paying for is... I feel more secure with the asset that I'm drafting here. But if the guy I hit on is just Dak Prescott or is Kyler Murray and they just are what they've been, there's not a big difference between the guys I'm drafting here and those guys. So do you want to pay for essentially job security. You know, what if they get hurt again? You know, what if they have another bad season or they have a bad season? Like there, there is no such thing as job security anymore in the perceived mind of new dynasty players. If you get injured or you bad, that that job security crumbles. The demand for that player crumbles. So I'm going to still go against the grain, though. I am going to take my boy Joe Burrow here at 106. But same justification. If I'm at this spot and I feel at all queasy about drafting QB6, I think you can apply the same logic you did earlier with the 103, 104. If I can trade back to the 109, 110, 111, 112, and somebody is willing to make the decision for me, I'd be willing to do it for just a second. I think you would agree. Someone offered you 111 in a second for 106. You would just let them have this pick and you'd take the 111. Yep, yep. I agree. All right. So I'm going to lock in a QB six straight QBs. You're on the clock at the one Oh seven. Are you breaking the trend here?
1: Just looking at the quarterbacks that are on the board, uh, Justin Herbert, Anthony Richardson, you just talked about the war impact. I, I don't want to reiterate what you've already spoken about. So this time we're going to go to wide receiver. I'm going to kind of just take Justin Jefferson, Justin Jefferson. One of the things that uh, I realized about Justin Jefferson and it was nice to see is his value did not dip enough for you to be able to get him when he was injured. I I was going to yeah, I was going to teams that were competing. I'm like, you're out, you know, you're going to miss this guy probably for the rest of the year. And I was sending pretty significant offers every week and there was no change in that value which is rare. We have other wide receivers that miss a couple weeks and all of a sudden they dip in value. But Justin Jefferson is a locked and loaded 101 at, uh, wide receiver, I think. So I'm just going Justin Jefferson. Trade scenarios are probably the same. What's funny about this is we're, we're basically getting into the range, though, where if I'm dead set on building my roster through the wide receivers, which Team 7 is, I might not trade back because then I don't want to have to go, all right, well, my number one wide receiver – is going to be... Let's say I'm around St. Brown. There's definitely a tier between the two, whether there should be or not. But uh, if I'm going to build the wide receiver, I'm going to sit tight at this spot right here.
0: Yeah, and I'll push back on you that if you're committed to building through receiver, you're basically... What you're saying is that you'd rather start with Justin Jefferson versus CeeDee Lamb, Jamar Chase, or the 101. But if I'm committed to just build through receiver and I don't have a huge preference, Mm -hmm. I would be willing to trade back because I'm here at the 108. I could go Herbert, I could go Anthony Richardson, I could go CeeDee Lamb, I could go Jamar Chase. I could also go the 101 with the ability to say, okay, I have Marvin Harrison, who's probably at worst wide receiver four, and I have Caleb Williams, or even it could be Jaden Daniels, to where they're almost guaranteed to be quarterback 10 or better, but I'm committing to kind of just waiting and holding the value of the 101. Whereas if I already know I want to build through receiver, or I already know I want to build through quarterback, you have to make the decision on if you're committing to that, you probably don't want to take the rookie pick because here's what's not realistic, Shane. I pick the 101 for the value, right? The asset value. And then the guy at 111 drafts Justin Herbert, right? So let's say I pick the 101 here at 108. And then someone takes Justin Herbert at 111. In two weeks, can I go trade the 101 for Justin Herbert? Guaranteed. Or can that person go, you know what? I'm just going to stick with the guy I know. And I'm going to go, well, I need at least Justin Herbert for that pick. So I don't think it's fair to say you should be able to go just get anybody you want for the 101 but we value the pick that way. So just understand, you're drafting the flexibility of it could be a receiver, it could be a quarterback, but in a league where it's a startup, it doesn't hold the same type of value as it would in an existing league. In an existing league where I earned the 101, I can probably go, hey, can I get Joe Burrow for the 101? Can I get Justin Herbert for the 101? Can I get Jamar Chase or CeeDee Lamb for the 101? And the answer might be yes or no. But here you're already kind of defining it. So you're drafting a little bit of like, fake value at the 101 here, because you think it holds this extra value until it becomes a player, but everyone kind of already knows what it is and why you're drafting it. So with that said, I am going to draft Justin Herbert here at the 108. And I don't love it, but I think if I'm committed to building through a quarterback, I would rather draft that, drafting the 101 and thinking, okay, I'm going to be able to get Caleb Williams or Jaden Daniels. So I'm going to go Justin Herbert. Well, that is funny
1: because... As we get to Team 9, I really like t- Team Nine's flexibility for what that's worth um, if anyone's in a derby and you get to select your own spot. Team Nine's going to go 101. You know, it's funny, as you were talking about this exercise, and we were talking through it, and this is why we do it. You're talking about Justin Jefferson, you know, the pros, cons at 107. The more I think about it, if you are going to draft wide receiver, just trade back there. If you're just going to uh, draft wide receiver, trade back. There's still the 101, like you said, Marvin Harrison. there's still CD land, there's still Jamar Chase, and there's still Amon. Uh, Ross St. Brown and you pick up the extra value. So that's probably a smarter move at 107. Team 9, 101. It's the flexibility. I do whatever I want. I can build however I want still.
0: Are you more comfortable drafting the 101 if you're willing to build through receiver than build through quarterback?
1: No, it's it's, it's the, what's the word I'm looking for? ambidextrous to me that's not the correct usage of the word okay, I, okay but let, let me rephrase the question
0: yeah. you want to build through quarterback are you still taking the 101 over all but six qbs and i told you you this 101 cannot be traded you have to make the pick are you still taking that pick over justin herbert or anthony richardson are you willing just well, you to gamble can't. and say caleb williams yeah. is she sheerly better. And and the the reason I'm phrasing it this way is because in a startup, if you took the 101 at the 108, it's very unlikely that in May, somebody is going to go, I have to have Caleb Williams and I'll give you Justin Herbert plus. In an existing league, you might be able to get that. In a startup, I just don't see that happening that much. So that's why I'm asking the question. If you could not trade the pick, so take the value of the flexibility out are you still taking the 101 there? Cannot yeah. trade it.
1: You just you just drafted Justin Herbert, first of all. a teammate, Justin Herbert's gone.
0: Uh yes, I know. Yeah, I'm I, asking
1: if, you though. If I'm still if building there's no
0: value of the flexibility, are you right, still taking yeah, the that. 101?
1: Okay. Take out the flexibility because you still do have some flexibility. I can build through wide receiver if I so choose. But I yes, I'm comfortable taking Caleb Williams over Anthony Richardson.
0: So Straight you value even the flexibility, not that I could trade it, but you value that. I get to see Caleb Williams or Marvin Harrison, right? I get to even choose between the two, which has some value in itself, right?
1: And I still have several more picks before I really even need to decide on which way I want to go.
0: I think that's a very good point. We could get to round three and there's a QB that you never thought would be there, is there, and now all of a sudden, what you thought was Caleb Williams is now Marvin Harrison, right? Because of the way you built your team. So I think that that is the reason why you draft the rookie picks. So I am going to take Anthony Richardson here at the 110. Um, I think he's probably... Probably the next QB off the board for most people. I think you could build through receiver here. It's dangerous because, again, if I'm willing to not build through quarterback, I would trade back a couple spots, but the person at 111 or 112 probably has to be committed to building through quarterback for them to make this deal. So I'm going to take Anthony Richardson, but it isn't a great spot to be. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to trade back in a lot of cases. So 110, Richardson's off the board. You are up at the 111. Where are you going?
1: Oh boy. Oh boy. Anyone want to trade up with me? Anybody? No. No. 111, 112. These are all really good picks. What's funny about this is as I'm going through this exercise, me and you are hitting the move up in the draft and hit two early picks, right? 101 through 105. I'm feeling like, no, this year at least – I really feel good in the back of the end of the draft. There's just so much flexibility as to what I can do. This is hard. I mean, it's CD Lamb, 102. Only thing with 102 is I don't have as much flexibility on how I'm building the team or what that pick is because obviously 101 is going to dictate that when they go either Marvin Harrison or Caleb Williams. I'm going to pick a lane. The lane's going to be wide receiver. The wide receiver is going to be CD lamb a couple years ago me and you were talking about him being the wide receiver three by default and he was and then he came out the next two years and solidified himself as a top tier wide receiver that really but in my eyes is only behind uh justin jefferson for a player take
0: yeah now that i'm sitting here thinking through your pick i'm indifferent between jamar chase and cd lamb so i love being at the 112 Instead of the 111, because I now get to pick back-to-back versus you have to wait. Shane, this is a great spot, I think, to be at, because you can go 102 and Jamar Chase, and now... I have my stud receiver, but if they leave me Marvin Harrison, okay, now I have the wide receiver two or three and the wide receiver four right off the rip. And you know what? If you leave me QB at 102, I'm still getting a top eight QB. You know what I mean? So here I have flexibility, but I also have the potential that you're leaving me on the turn. And here's the other beauty of it happening on the turn chain. Let's say it ends up being that 101 is Caleb Williams. And now I have Jamar Chase and Marvin Harrison. I now have the rest of the draft. If I can figure out what that 101 team is going to do based on how they've built their team. Like, let's say they punt quarterback. Now I'm sitting here going, damn, they don't have a quarterback through five rounds. I'm starting to now pencil in Marvin Harrison at my 102. I can double tap QB at another spot and I go, okay, cool. Round five and round six, I just got two decent starting quarterbacks and I didn't pay. And it fits with what I build at the top. So I think that's where the flexibility comes in. So I'm going to go Jamar Chase, rookie pick, 102. And now I'm putting you back on the clock, and I and I honestly don't really want to trade out of that spot. So I think this is very easy, and that's a decent spot to be. And isn't it funny? Just a year last year, we would have said the 112 201 was the shittiest spot to be, and now it's and like loving it. I actually don't hate it. I love that. So you're up. You have CD Lamb on this team. The 102's now been taken away from you. So your choice of QB or elite receiver is gone. What are you doing here?
1: Boy, 102 is gone. 103 is still on the board do I want to commit to this wide receiver uh, draft or do I want to then go, let me split the baby and go. If one you to think three. that next
0: receiver is in the same tier as CD lamb or close, you're,
1: yeah, you're really yeah,
0: pushing the board. If you do that,
1: you're really taking a step down. I'll say from quarter from a quarterback view, if you get, stuck, not stuck, but if you end up taking a quarterback at 103, you already named the other quarterbacks. None of them feel like those are the ones that I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, it's St. Brown. Let's just dead. We're going to, we're just going to go ahead and uh, we're, we're just going to commit to this build. We'll see when we get to the third, fourth round. I got a feeling there'll be quarterbacks that are usable at a pretty good end.
0: So it's interesting. The teams on the end, CeeDee Lamb, Amon Ross St. Brown, and potentially Jamar Chase and Marvin Harrison. So talk about two teams that are going to be jockeying for other stuff later, right? Right. And they're building almost the exact same way. So that's very interesting. 110, this team took Anthony Richardson. This is where I'm going to now push some of the teams that already went quarterback. And I'm going to take what I think is the next best quarterback off the board. And I think I'm deciding here between the 103, which is going to leave me my choice of the QB two in the class, or it takes a quarterback off the board by picking Kyler Murray. So I think that's the debate for me. I'm going to lean going with the 103, but with the intent that that is going to be a quarterback, but I'll lean the flexibility of it could be maybe Malik neighbors goes in the top six of the draft. To the Chargers or something like that. And it all of a sudden, it brings another receiver up into the elite tier. So I'm going to lean the 103. That's essentially Jaden Daniels over Kyler Murray, which I think we could probably live with if that's what it ends up shaking out to be. So I'm going to go the 103 with Anthony Richardson, and I'm assuming that's going to be a quarterback quarterback start. That leaves you with the team that took the 101. How does this second pick play into you already have the 101? You know, that's a receiver or a quarterback, probably. Where do you go next?
1: You know, as I look at the players, I keep going, if this, then that. If this, then that. If this, then that. I'll tell you what, I don't do that with the 104 when I have the 101 in my pocket. You know why? Because now taking the 104 here even opens me up better at the 101. I can do whatever I want. I can go. Marvin Harrison. I can go Caleb Williams because at the one Oh four, I can then go Malik neighbors, or I can go whichever quarterback falls there. And I have the build that I want it, or I could go one Oh one Caleb Williams and one Oh four, another quarterback. So I'm going to go one Oh four. Just, you know, I hate keep beating this word, but I don't know that you can beat that flexibility.
0: I'm going to push back on this because this could be a position where you end up getting stuck. Now, obviously if, if the first four picks in the rookie draft just are Absolute home runs, like they're all top five selections in the NFL draft. Then you won this. You won this trade, right? Or you won this selection. Here's the pushback, though. Let's say you do this. Okay, you see how you build out the rest of your team. You decide on Caleb Williams at 101. Malik Neighbors falls out of the top 10 in the NFL draft. Now you're at the 104, and the best player on the board is Drake May. Are you upset that you started Drake May, Caleb Williams? Does that feel a little fragile compared to what else was on the board? Are you Are you that convicted that that's okay?
1: You know I'm risky anyway and I think okay. this this player at this draft is encompassing all the risk doing the 101, the 104. Let's just put that out there. Yeah, this is a highly risky strategy because both these picks could bust. And even if just one of them does, you're, you're in a bad way. But no problem with taking Drake May if it breaks that way. No way, no, no problem taking Jaden Daniels if it breaks that way c- considering that both of those guys are probably likely top five uh, NFL draft picks.
0: Yeah, it speaks to how valuable we think these top four, five, six picks are that we're willing to take them in this range. But I just wanted to point out that the it could go wrong. And you can look at the team that drafted ahead of you and go, all right, with this team, I went Justin Herbert. Now I'm gonna draft Kyler Murray. And that's a pretty good QB QB build. If anything. You may look at your Caleb Williams and Drake May and go, I kind of wish I had Kyler Murray and Justin Herbert instead. That could easily be something in July. You're going, damn, that team that picked right next to me also went QB, QB, and I like their QBs better. And that's the risk of the rookie picks in putting so much faith in these first four, first five, especially at the QB position. So I'm going to go Kyler Murray with the team that has Justin Herbert. You are now up with the wide receiver team at 107 that went Justin Jefferson.
1: Hmm. Justin Jefferson, Kyler Murray's off the board. What are we looking at if we just go quarterback? And this isn't how you should do it, but I'm in my head, comparing quarterback to wide receiver to pick, with pick probably being the least likely. This feels too early for Jordan Love. This feels too early, way too early for Trevor Lawrence, Brock Purdy and especially the tier below that. I know it feels too early for the 105. It also kind of feels a little early for some of these wide receivers too. So this is a point of the draft where, geez, if I could trade out, I probably am. Everyone's aware of that though. And let's be clear. It's not that the players are, uh, it's the relative difference between these players is, uh there's not enough of a difference for you to go, oh, I feel just absolutely stellar about going Tyree kill over Puka Nakua.
0: It's like a tier of like 10 players here. And I really don't want to be the first to pick, right? There's no trades here, Shane. All the members are in our discord and they're all looking at this pick going, ha ha Shane, you're stuck. Make the pick. What are you doing?
1: Yep. That's fine. Look, Shane, Shane was a light, late comer to him. Fell in love with him. I can't, ignore what he did as a rookie. I'm just going to go Puka Nakua, going over 8. So, so you are Brown. starting
0: the Justin Jefferson Puka Nakua. You're building through the receivers. So you're, you're kind of adamant that you're not reaching on a QB here, right? They're all no, kind I'm of good. in the flat range. You just would rather hit another receiver you think could be elite.
1: Yeah. And I think at, at least in this stage of the draft, I've resigned myself to having one, what's probably going to be one top end quarterback, one top 12 quarterback, and then a, a lower one is what I am kind of, we're seeing for this team but i could be wrong we'll see
0: so this isn't a a tough pick as well to where i have joe burrow and and this is where i think it gets a little challenging because every team after this shane what did they all do they all went qb right Uh, yes they did one through six all went qb so now you're trying to figure is my qb one strong enough to hold down not having a second qb And for the team that has Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, maybe you feel that way about Stroud, Lamar, Jalen Hurts. I don't know if you feel that way about Joe Burrow. You could, but I took him at the 106, but I'm now examining my Joe Burrow pick against the guy that has Josh Allen, who scores four or five more points per game, and we're both in the same boat. Can my QB1 make up for the fact that my QB2 might be a little bit weaker or I have to reach So I think you have to make a decision here. This is a a crucial pick as to how you're going to build. If it was me, I'm probably leaning going quarterback or the 105 with the intent that that could be a quarterback. And even if it's not a quarterback, there might be the ability for me to trade that down for an option at quarterback if somebody really wants, you know, I'm hoping that the elite tier is five players and I have the fifth piece. So I'm going to lean the 105 here, but I think we're starting to push up against the wall of how risky you're going with these picks. But I'm going to lead the 105 because I have Burrow, so I'm already committed to I need Burrow to be a little bit of a difference maker, but I'm also hedging my bets here that if it's a deep five-tier of elite players, I have a pick in that tier, which I think is going to end up being more valuable than me reaching on a quarterback here. So I'm going to go with the 105. So you're up. Lamar Jackson, where are you going?
1: So this this feels like a cop-out pick, but I think it's a good pick. and It's a fun pick to add to this team. A.J. Brown. Let's go back to a player that had some spike weeks, but for whatever reason, they fell off in the second half, mostly because of a bad offense. But he's shown that spike weeks. He's shown that he can be elite. He's obviously not in that Justin Jefferson tier like I thought he might have been. I think here, he's a great pick to go with Lamar. And yeah, we're building kind of an average team. Not an average team, excuse me. That's not what I meant to say. We're kind of building a team like a stud here, stud there um, instead of committing to just one positioning going.
0: And you sniped the Jalen Hurts manager who might have been looking at the stack.
1: Yes, who was probably feeling pretty good coming back. Uh, They should have been trying to move up there, to be quite honest with you. That's what they should have been
0: doing. All right. So I'm up. I took Jalen Hurts. This team, probably, if you're going wide receiver value, you're probably going Garrett Wilson. But I think it's actually okay at this point to kind of push the board. And this is where I think the strategy is going to be crucial because you're essentially the first team since you took AJ Brown. This is the next team that is going to determine how fast the rest of the QBs come off the board. So if I take a QB here and I know I'm going to have to reach, probably it's either Jordan Love or Trevor Lawrence. I know I'm going to have to reach, but if I do it, the goal is for one of the three teams that already drafted Stroud, Mahomes, and Allen as a positional advantage to consider taking a QB with one of their next six picks. That's my goal. Because I want to push more QBs off the board, which brings back value to my third round pick. So I am going to draft Jordan Love at this pick. I think you could go Jordan Love or Trevor Lawrence. I think they're interchangeable, but I'm going to go QB, QB. So I've now supplemented Jalen Hurts with a guy that I think has a higher ceiling than Trevor Lawrence. And I'm shooting here for, can I get a QB eight from Jordan Love? And it gives me two positional advantages or relative to the rest of the field, two quarterback advantages here. So I'm going to go Jordan Love. You're up with CJ Stroud. What are you doing?
1: I trade it. I'm trying to trade. I'm trading. But
0: for what? For what? Of course. Shane's trying to trade everything at all times. <laughs> what what are you actually sending out here? You have 5 minutes. What are you trying to get?
1: I, I look, I'm trying to get another third round pick.
0: So this is a spot where it's it's flat. If you can pretty much gain any sort of value, you're willing to move out of this pot, this spot then.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Oh boy. Here we go. I I could go Trevor Lawrence. I think think that's what I'm gonna do.
0: So this team's gonna draft Trevor Lawrence. So that is up. I am up with the team that has Patrick Mahomes now. I am going to not go quarterback here since Trevor Lawrence just got sniped. You and I aren't gonna do this, but I would want to see the team with Mahomes now go, oh shit, QBs are coming off the board. I need to trade up to get Tua or Dak Prescott or Brock Purdy. Because that really makes the value of your picks coming back when you already have two even more valuable. So that's the power of taking the second QB. QB here going in is to hope that somebody panics and goes, man, I don't want to be stuck with Kirk Cousins as my QB too. So let me go Brock Purdy here. Let me go Dak Prescott here, which is a reach, but people may panic and go, I want two QBs and they don't do it. So I'm not going to panic. I'm going to take Garrett Wilson, but that's the point of doing the trade up. So you are up, you're on the turn. You have Josh Allen. You get two picks here. What are you doing?
1: Oh, do whatever I want. I'm getting a little scared about the quarterback tiers at this point. Not going to lie to you. I don't want to be in a position where I'm kind of stuck with whatever's left out there. I'm going to go Brock Tavius Purdy.
0: so you go Brock Purdy, and we're going to leave everybody in suspense on round three and round four.
1: And let let the NFL GMs think about their teams, what they look like, and what moves they want to make.
0: What was your main takeaway just through the first two rounds of this on team building? What was the thing? If you were doing a draft right now, you'd be looking out for that you saw in this exercise that we were doing. Give me one takeaway.
1: Uh, I'm more than okay with being 109 and back. 109, 110, 111, 112. Those are really sweet picks. It's funny because sometimes the 109 and 110 kind of feel like a dead zone. Not at all. Not considering what you can get on the way back. You know, the 101's nice. 102's nice, but you're at the mercy of the rest of the draft. And a lot of the premier talent is gone by the next time you come up.
0: I kind of had the same takeaway, but I'll phrase it a little bit differently. If I'm picking early and I'm lucky enough to get Pat Mahomes or Josh Allen or CJ Stroud or whoever you consider to be the, the top end quarterbacks, right? It's almost guaranteed when you come back into the second, you're going to be in a flat range of players, a lot of good players, nothing that separates itself. So if you're willing to just kind of grab innings eaters there, Hey, give me Garrett Mm -hmm. Wilson, give me Brees Hall. You know, if you're willing to just be flexible and just take good players, it's a great spot to be. But if you're trying to look for some sort of leverage, I do think early second is where like the elite tier of players is going to fall off and when you get to the mid to late second if you started with a QB I do think there is a viable strategy to make the decision try to push the QBs take that second QB even if you think Jordan Love over Garrett Wilson is a little bit of a reach take that second QB because what did Shane just do with the 212? Man, I don't love the QB options. So let me take Brock Purdy. And all it takes is another team to go, man, the QBs are starting to go off fast. I don't want Geno Smith is my QB too. So let me take Dak Prescott. Let me take Tua. Let me take Jared Goff. You know what I mean? Like how far down does it go before everyone goes, okay, now I have QBs that I'm fine with. There's going to be two or three teams that are just, I'm playing the punt game at QB, but I do think it's viable at the mid to late part of the second round have some conviction, Jordan Love, Trevor Lawrence, whatever, make the pick, push the board. And if four or five more QBs come off the board before you pick again, you've gained value with your future picks because everyone else is following you. You took two QBs. Now everybody feels like the pressure to reach on like do you really want to take Justin Fields with a top 25 startup pick? There's a chance the guy doesn't start. Yet, we he's going to go in the third round of the startup, right? Like I don't want to be the one clicking draft on Justin Fields, but someone may when you're pushing the board with Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, etc. So I think that's my takeaway. Any final points before we uh, adjourn for this first two rounds?
1: No, man. I I think you hit all the points. It's a it's a fun exercise, man. It, this is a this is what mock draft should be. I'll just say that not just randomly picking players and not thinking through. We've already got a couple teams that are pot committed to that wide receiver build. I'm I'm, I'm interested to see what it looks like at quarterback for them. And, you know, we, we've talked about it, especially towards the end of last year, maybe we got a little dogmatic with the quarterback position. We were like, you got to get the top two elite ones. Well, that unfortunately that elite tier ended up being smaller than we thought it was. So that kind of backfired in some positions. Now I think we've course corrected and realized, you know what? if it's a wide receiver or quarterback really doesn't matter that as long as that dude's giving you somewhere, you know, if he's a type of player that can give you 20, 25 points, in that range. Doesn't matter if it's QB or wide receiver next to their
0: name. 100%. Hopefully, everybody takes something away from this. If you're doing a startup, I think there's some pertinent points to think about. We'll continue with this, going through round three, round four, and maybe talk a little bit beyond that on how to fill out your roster and things to be looking for. But with that, hopefully, everybody enjoyed this. We'll see you on the streams every Tuesday night. And finally, join the Discord. If you want more content, more access to us, patreon.com backslash or destinationdevy.com, join the Destination 5 tier. Jump in there. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of startup help, a lot of trade help. I mean, it's literally nonstop. So check that out if you have.